0: The construction industry's innovation and technology show.
1: Hello, and welcome to the first episode of Chat AEC Tech, which was recorded on the 9th of May, 2023. The podcast series explores the latest developments and upcoming trends in architecture, engineering, and construction technology. In this episode, our panelists discuss artificial intelligence in construction, a new report on construction AI startups, and tech topics. they found interesting in the previous weeks. And my name is Arne Heiskanen. I'm a consultant and blogger at aec-business.com. And our panelists are Christina Savian, CEO and founder of b Enrique Nalares-Clavero, BIM consultant at Tilco Advisors and the host of the BIM Cafe podcast, Jan Sar, head of digital construction at the Ministry of Economic Affairs and Communications of Estonia, and Martin Day, co-founder of X Three D Media, AEC Magazine, and Develop Three D Magazine, uh, Martin joined the discussion a little bit later in the show. Let's start with a personal question: How do you use generative AI in your work, or otherwise? And maybe Christina, you can start.
2: Well, okay. So this is definitely, um, you know, an interesting topic. Uh, because all our lives certainly has changed in the last you know, four or five months since the rise of you know, ChatGPT. Um, I can't deny, and now I'm trying to use AI and uh, I don't know if you're aware, but there are some amazing websites where they actually collect all of these feature tools, AI feature tools, and I'm always on the hand on the best of the best. Having said that, I do certainly use a lot uh, on my day-to-day work Um, In terms of, you know, helping with, you know, marketing messages, um, you know, fixing another way of saying the same things, uh, not to be repetitive. So definitely for language, um, as obviously English is not my first language. uh, So definitely I found an amazing, you know, assistant. Um, And yet uh, to use it, I know there is a lot of, you know, um application for excel and you know and spreadsheets i'm still yet to explore that and i don't really use i'm not designer i mostly do you know spend my days writing business cases <laughs> or go to market strategies so um but yeah uh certainly has made you know has found a way into uh my life um mm-hmm. but yeah still exploring so looking mm-hmm. forward to hear from the others what you use it
1: for. yeah Jan yeah um
3: mostly what I use uh, well've I tried to try everything new. Uh, but uh, I've ended up using uh, mostly Chat GPT and uh, Microsoft Sping because it's right there built into Skype, which is kind of cool. Um, you know, for referencing, sometimes for searching, so it is kind of uh, like if you're you know instead of Google, you use Chat GPT to get a quick answer if you have a really good sentence to ask it. Uh, sometimes I. Try to use it to uh, maybe structure some thoughts or ideas, or give me kind of a template to work on, uh, something like that. But uh, yeah, often in Estonian, it's, it, it fails miserably sometimes. <laughs> but uh, but it's really interesting to see the difference between Chat uh, GPT and and Bing Chat because Bing is using uh, uh, slightly different sources. Obviously, uh, if you have any questions related to any profession or somebody then LinkedIn's database is right there and it gives you the uh, the, the source of information which is also quite uh, useful sometimes because chat GPT just you know it blurts everything out but it, it generally does quite a good uh, cool thing but and personally I've used it for example um, last uh, weekend uh, we were uh, we had a big slice of boar meat and we wanted to cook that in a in a ceramic grill. And where do you get a recipe for that? So, and of course, we typed it into JetGPT. And we had one of our friends had a friend who was a, a professional cook or a grill master, and, and then we got a recipe from him, but Jet GPT gave us almost exactly the same recipe. So that was kind of cool. And I've helped my kids to do homework with
1: AI okay
2: <laughs> wow, this is interesting, uh, but I, you know because I don't have a taste. But have you really used one for a recipe? Like I have this in my fridge. Walk, shall I cook? <laughs> but you know that's very bad for an Italian and I guess for Spanish <laughs> as well. You know, yeah, part of our culture. I
4: haven't, I haven't mm.
1: used it just for the kitchen no. <laughs> mm. well, what what have you done with it, Enrique?
4: Well, it, something that Cristina mentioned and is for me will be the definition of the AI of my daily work is uh, assistant. I use it as my assistant, like uh, keeping notes, making summaries or briefing from sort of, of articles. And as uh, you mentioned earlier, also on a podcast, so it's very useful to Do all these posts to promote it and uh, do some briefings. I also research about the profiles I'm going to interview on my show. Uh, also in the linking profiles to give me some information about this person, but. I'm not uh, a fully believer of HGPT or AI in general. I always want to keep a critical eye on it because um, for some personal stuff, I also be using it, asking them question. I know the answer and it not always fit with my reality, right? So yeah. you see, I think it's important to not just believe it like some kids might do or some teenagers do like do their homeschool with their HGPT. Uh, can fail. I understand it can fail too. And also, the information I raised in until 2020, 2022 or twenty 19, twenty-one, right? So, the latest things you ask him for for something him or her, or no? something more recent, is very doubtful. Also, also in in the answers, right? So, always with a critical eye, I would say. But yeah, this assistant or um, or some uh, someone to to do the, the the repetitive task, I would say.
3: Yeah, you yeah. can. You can ask it who who's the uh, king or queen of England, and it'll give you an interesting answer. Yeah.
2: yeah, and yeah, uh, I completely actually failed, and the chat GPT uh, was looking for some statistics. You know how much, you know how long it takes to find statistics in construction. They're always in unknown reports, and actually, GPT failed miserably, and uh, Microsoft, you know, being actually the chat, found the correct ones. Um, so what I found sometimes, I, well, I tried in a you know, few of them until I'm kind of happy with the answer. I think you still need to know what you're looking for because otherwise, you know you, you really fail. And I have, without you know naming it, I have one particular customers who English is not his language, <laughs> <laughs> and they tend to use it a bit too much lately. And the answers are just taking that for granted. And it, it's, it's, it's a risk. It's a massive yeah. risk
1: yeah of course i had to ask uh chat gpt who is arnie heiskanen and the answer was yes. he he is the ceo of Katera. <laughs> oh
2: really <laughs>
1: nice. Yeah. nice job arnie.
2: It it was, didn't you know, know
1: who i was in, in the right industry but <laughs> yeah. but, but you okay. did a really
3: good job with catera there arnie did you
1: uh, yeah <laughs> maybe yeah yeah that's a good point well um let's move on uh to the the report that um i i, I i'm i i think i mentioned it's a, a company called ao PropTech, which is um they say they are europe's largest prop tech venture capital firm uh investing in in technologies companies that are disrupting the built built world and they recently released a report that maybe it's more from the investor's point of view. Uh, a report that examines how AI can be uh can be potentially um used to change the world in uh, the built world and what kind of applications uh there already are. So um the the report is not really long and but it it kind of breaks down pretty nicely uh the application areas of, of AI. Currently, of course, it, it talks a lot about real estate uh, or prop tech um, startups. But in general, I think it, it's, it's, it's a pretty good, um, pretty good report. So do any of you have any, any, any comments? What did you find something interesting or surprising, perhaps in the report?
4: Well, uh, I can start. Um, for me, the the most interesting thing is that the the construction, the manufacturing world are not really at the queue as we usually see them. With the, at least with the investments of the deal close, which is mainly what they talk in the in the report, right? Is uh, we are used to see always on the bottom top, you know, agriculture, hunting, and construction, and so on. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's quite inspirational to finally see that the construction is kind of fighting to be in the middle position or going also up in the in a new technology that definitely is going gonna, is gonna to change the, the industry. So that, for me, was the most impressive thing to see. OK, the construction manufacturing industries are there in a, in a good place to start this race, because this is starting right now.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I mean, it was interesting. Um... The aspect that you know, construction sector, which is generally known for lack of digitization and being a laggard in adopting this, is kind of now grabbing onto AI, uh, AI stuff quite quickly. And uh, in, in Estonia as well, we have this one of the biggest contractors. They started an innovation program to implement AI tools uh, for their project management, which was um, yeah quite interesting as well. Uh, but I, to be honest, reading the report, I, I didn't recognize many of the uh, solutions they mentioned there. Um, no. I, I have stumbled Isn't across many.
2: I was waiting for that.
4: But not <laughs> all of them. We need we don't need to pretend. Right? So I don't want weird. to be
2: disrespectful <laughs> to anyone, but have you heard of this company before? Apparently, these largest VC firms in Europe, mm, mm. because I... I found the the report very interesting. I asked two of the most knowledgeable, you know, people and investors and people that helped to get the raise, you know, the funds and everything. And none of them knew about this company. So I'm a bit surprised. (laughs) How can they possibly be the largest in Europe if we never heard of them? And exactly like you, Jan, I don't recognize these companies apart from one so perhaps i don't know i really don't as i said i don't want to be respect for anyone but perhaps they are very well known in the vc firms just not in the built environment because there are much more well-known firms they've been doing this for 30 40 years maybe they just happen to have a cross you know boundary with you know some of them yes they do happen to be in built environment so they say they invest in you know in construction um, but I'm afraid I just don't see them, you know, to be, you know, on the same level of some of the others, you know, that we all know. So,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, I noticed a few of those companies that were uh, startups that were mentioned uh, in the report. Uh, but naturally, there are so many nowadays. So there are hundreds. <laughs> so it's it's difficult to, to, of course, to know. But one thing that I found... Um, interesting was that they say that um, uh, one of the challenges for for applying generative ai in in construction is the lack of readily available data so um, i think there is a lot of data but maybe the readily available is the keyword here so it's
2: not structured it cannot be searched and I'm sorry, but we just explained you know, perfectly clear why ChatGPT gives you crappy answers. Because if it doesn't have, you know, if it's go rubbish in, it's go rubbish out. And mm. we've been, you know, not us, they've been working for, in the industry for over 20 years. Like, you know, we all know. Sorry, Annie, I, I know it's a lot more than for you. But, you know, this is what I'm saying is, we all know that our fundamental problem is not the application of AI. Is the the foundation of AI. We need structured information, and we, mm-hmm. it's very, very, very challenging, you know, to use it. So,
3: well, hang on, Christina. Actually, well, I, w- I would a little bit oppose you there because uh, I agree fully with the fact that we have uh, the, the the information management in construction is a mess. It is a total mess, and it is unstructured. But that's where I think that these generative AI models can actually help us because we can use them to start structuring the data so they can allies identify uh, what is what and, and maybe structure it for us so we can actually use the data so, so I would say my, my real hope is uh, that uh, with these new large language models and generative AI tools we can finally start to see uh, more structured data emerging from this pool of you know unstructured nonsense that we have currently and and as i'm working a lot with classification systems uh and standardizing and that is a really painful job to be honest uh, and it's always very controversial uh I, I really hope that in the future it might not matter that much that we really uh, apply you know exactly this uh, classification system we use these parameters to describe we just feed it to the machine and the machine will recognize what it is and be able to use that and make the analysis and and give us results based on that.
2: I actually completely agree with you in the sense that the potential it's immense. Um, obviously what we need is start finding some very, you know, simple tools, uh, where we can just start asking, you know, they are okay start learning all of this about my business, start getting all of this data in, data in, data in there, and then start trying to derive this, you know, uh, in you know, insightful and start asking answers. I mean, simple, you know, tools now, you can add a lot of PDFs and then ask, you know, about information on the PDF. So if we think about it, um, you know, I'm sure it's not going to take long when we are starting, you know, I'm on digital construction week next week. And there are actually quite, few um presentations now and i'm i'm sure someone has already started doing this and i'm obviously probably need to wait for some significant result um and we still need to be able to kind of validate and sense check but i agree with you jan is the potential is enormous
4: i also think that here we are gonna pay as an industry suddenly all the years of unstructured um, and categorized data because we need to teach the AI, and this is a different topic, right? How to how to fit it with that, all that information. And it's important that now we have like a second chance in industry to be uh, born again and provide the data correctly, even though we don't know who it is and how to provide it, but it's really important to teach it. I I know I, I, I talk too much about GPT or any AI like a kid, like. This sentence, comma. This sentence, comma. Because it's the, I think it's the way they, they process better the information. So if we do correctly for the current projects, you um, know, project type or whatever in the construction industry, that way we can get the benefit from the future. But suddenly we are the starting point as everyone else on the as an industry, but we have so much homework to be done before that. Uh, if we hurry up a bit with the help of the AI, like you, Cristina, so said, we can catch up, but we need to give the information structure with the classification, with the system, with the standard, I don't know, And I know it's a, it's a horrible job, but we have a second chance here, guys, so, <laughs> to not mess it up.
2: <laughs> yes, and who knows, you know, we might be able to actually make the biggest jump because our data is so bad uh, that, you know, we can, you know, improve that, but, you know, This week, I'm um, repurposing one of my lectures from university to another, and I actually found this amazing video editing, scripted editing tool. It took about 12 hours to learn my voice. It now now perfectly opened up my voice, (laughs) and it's unbelievable, right? So think about when we start doing this and applying, you know, on a day-to-day, you know, at work.
1: Okay. So, Martin, you you were able to uh, join us now. Uh,
0: that literally next to my router, it's just not reaching. It's very weird. I don't know if routers kind of eventually fade over time, and you it doesn't stretch. But um, so yeah, I'm literally sat next to my router, which I will not touch. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I am okay. here. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> so so we we were discussing um, um, how we use AI um, day de- uh, in our work or otherwise. So or generative AI specifically. So, so do you use uh, generative AI?
0: So I try to use the chat GPT, um, just throwing things at it, like uh, write an article in the style of Martin Day about why <laughs> Autodesk customers are upset with the cons- constant price increases. And what I got back was quite scary because it was, obviously gone off within two seconds, read everything I've written and came back with, uh, a pretty coherent article of about 500 words. Yeah, a lot, when I write, I tend to write 3,000 words. So you, you've got to kind of like, you're in at the beginning, get a coffee, because it's going to be a while. Um, and ChatGPT concisely did it in 500 words. So, but um, I kind of, it, it is amazing. And I think, you know, ChatGPT is amazing. And some of the stuff that's in Adobe Suite is amazing. and. the the things that we use every day, but this really is kind of the amuse-bouche of AI. It's so small and it's blown our minds. And I've seen stuff that's coming that has totally blown my mind. And if it does come in, it's going to, well, it's going to wreak havoc basically on the industry Um, if it comes in as fast as it's looking like it is. So while, being able to, I mean, you can even take courses now on how to write a chat GPT thing, which makes me laugh. Um, it's I kind know. of like the whole idea was that you're supposed to be able to say exactly what you want. But now we realize we don't know how to say exactly what we want. <laughs> so so we have to take a lesson in being concise. But um, uh, I think engineering
3: is what they're calling it, right? Yes. Prompt, engineering. prompt yeah. engineering. Have you seen
2: the salaries?
0: Oh. Well, this is uh, so the thing I'm quite lucky about is that I'm writing about things that haven't happened yet. So I'm writing about products that are in beta or alpha, and so there's not really a lot of text out there. So I feel quite comfortable that ChatGPT is not going to... I'm going to be the one that's going to be feeding it, because it isn't going to know about the stuff that's happening by stealth companies. So I'm I'm feeling slightly um, at at, at a good position, but at the same point... um, when you see things like Hypar, when they've been there, I mean, it really is just an interface. You're just putting text in, it's driving variables that were already there and then it's producing a model. So it looks like magic because it's just it's just text to to BIM. When in fact, you know, most of the works are already done for you in the background. It's just, you would have had to be more explicit with a mouse to say I want, or some, some variables, I want 25 stores, 25 stories or whatever. So. I kind of feel that we're getting wowed by ChatGPT while the real interesting stuff is is kind of amongst us. And uh, it's like things like Swap, it's things like uh, Augmenter, um, which really apply AI to creating geometry and, and not just geometry, but creating, in swap, case of Swap, it creates this detailed design. You, you literally start by drawing out a, a, a bounded area and you create spaces in it. I know there's lots of Revit people that don't use spaces, but you better start using them. Um, mm-hmm. Where you, defi- you define, you know, this is an office, this is a bedroom, that's a corridor. There's no walls, there's no window. There's no, um, uh, there's no interior partitions or anything. It's spaces with, with no walls and no windows. It'll go off and orient the building towards the best uh, for solar game. It'll then put the windows in. It'll then look at all your, well, the work would have been done before. They've seen how you select your wall styles and your material types. And it'll then build the model for you into one to 300 detail. And then it will produce all the drawings for you in 40 minutes. So if you're producing a rectilinear building, that's really boring and you don't mind it being really boring, but it's fast. You can do (laughs) six months work in 40 minutes. And if you're yeah. an architect who charges by the hour, you're not even going to get a full hour's billing for it. <laughs> so it, this uh, yeah, is early days. And they today they just announced they've raised 10 million more dollars. So that's 17 million in total I think wow. they've had. Um, every VC I talk to is really excited by it. Um, and it, it's what I'm hearing from the, the sort of top 100 practices is, how can we get rid of drawings? And I was like spending most of the last two years going, yeah, how are we going to get rid of drawings? So I was going around looking at all these applications and then suddenly it's like, oh yeah, we're not just getting rid of drawings, we'll also do the detail modelling for you as well if it's like really boring and rectilinear. And that's just the start, that's the opening gambit is we all do your rectangles for you. And if you're building a hospital or a student accommodation or a a boring office um, you can still make it look interesting by designing the facade, but the the actual building itself can be designed by AI and I've, this the thing that i've so there was a a great company called Case based in New York who were consultants for BIM, and they had a great event called Buildings equals data and it was bl- mm-hmm. mind blowing it really was a, a great event, but I think now we're we're about on the cusp of where buildings equals recipes. And that is a problem. It's a problem for everybody, and it's a a good. It's a good problem and a bad problem. But you're going to see very the most boring, run-of-the-mill, bread-and-butter jobs will be. You will be competing against somebody who's using AI, and they'll be reusing the information of a successful project or many successful projects that happened before, based on that criteria, Um, and.
2: I, 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 here is the challenge, Martin is can we really, you know, plug all the brains, the creativities, and all of the designers, engineers' knowledge, you know, in a tool and just, you know, will we get the same results?
0: Well, the problem is that AI is spectacularly uh, funky at the moment when it kind of res- responds to you, but, um, and the other problem is that most of the drawings and documents and models it's going to learn off have got lots of crap in them and so it's going to learn bad ways you know you have to make sure that your old data is perfect and there'll be probably hours and months spent on making sure the stuff that gets put in is in is good quality but don't be fooled that uh buildings are difficult because they they follow logic and they have variables mm-hmm. And that's, yeah. it. that's, that's completely-
2: I actually think you can follow the process, you know, you can have, a, you know, and you can follow the process and the technology, use the technology, but the people element is also always the predictable one. So well, this is, I'm yeah, afraid, I actually don't, I think we still need the human input. Yeah, I think
4: the, that the critical eye on the top to, to verify other things. This is uh, thing a, at least really one person will need to check the things.
0: <laughs> the thing that's really yeah. fascinating is I think the software will be so fast, that you're not giving the client long enough to actually dwell. You know, They okay. can come in one morning, give you the brief. You could feed it into the machine. You get 20 different versions of it at the other end. You, as the architect, pick the one you like the best. Uh, you get it costed. Uh, and then then two weeks later, the, the guys are going, oh, right, oh, okay. I, you have to have a process of digesting what it is that you're being offered on the scale of a building. I think it's very weird for you to go, yes, that's it, I'll take it. I was speaking to a company that worked on a project where they were really, really pressurizing the BIM process where everything was working in parallel. And so they were really ahead of in, in the timeline of, of getting this building built. And they, the client okayed it. They They ordered the steel to be cut for the atrium. And then the client changed their mind a month later but the steel had already been ordered and then that was a contractual problem with the uh, you, you, you need to give clients long enough to digest what it is that you're offering them so that they can mull it over so i think we might actually get to a fa- phase where we're, we're, you know, <laughs> the, the practice is faster than the clients pro- processing capabilities of it yeah Jan, okay. you had a comment Jan, Jan. yeah yeah
3: yeah um uh, what i wanted to comment was about the, uh, looking at you know where the really practical applications of ai these generative language models is is happening is maybe in coding and there what it's opening up or where the real potential is is really just speeding up the process so that's true you can speed it up and in in our industry i've also seen uh, various tools already that work very well on generating you know different kinds of layouts and optimizing layouts which takes a lot of time, actually, and it's very tedious work. But you can do faster. But with coding, it's, uh, it's you know, if you remember, remember this mobile game, Flappy Bird, it was really popular at one point. Mm-hmm. The developer took it off the App Store because it was too addictive. Um, mm-hmm. It took him about, let's say, 100 hours to program the whole game. Uh, the same developer now tried it with only AI tools. And he was able to do it in one hour. Just describing to different AI tools through text chat what you wanted to achieve. and, and that is um, uh, that is where the potential lies. It's not only the uh, the way we can speed up processes, but also that we're opening up the door to you know you don't have to be a programmer anymore to develop software. you just describe what you want to a, a language model, to an AI, and it will code it for you. So we could you know in certain areas in our industry as well, I think, uh, uh, you know, give the clients the tools maybe uh, to, to do some of the uh, architectural engineering work, well, not maybe engineering work, Let's stay away from that for now. Yeah, but, yeah. but all the architectural work, at least, some of the creative stuff also to get them more involved, to get them, uh, uh, you know, faster into iterative
2: processes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so on I, this yeah
1: sorry honey yeah I, I was saying that uh, i' I'm, I'm an architect originally i I've, I've been doing design for some time, um, not not anymore, but a, a large portion of, of design is actually just uh, rote work, so it's not anything creative so there's a 95 percent of the work is something that is very mechanical, I would say hmm. yeah.
2: and very repetitive. And, and it, and that is the part probably, you know, and you know, I I I do believe in you know, in Martin in like I'm writing um um business case rapid prototyping services, you know, yeah. one of the biggest clients. You know, I I I believe you know there is a strong you know business case for that could start you know for providing stuff. There is massive value for the clients exactly for you know that purpose. They They are going to evaluate different ideas very, very rapidly. They see the consequences and they're not going to come back, you know, later with, oh, sorry, we don't want that. They look like that anymore. At the same time, I'm, you know, from obviously my experience, but just even looking at all the being, you know, the contracts, legal requirements, where you start putting Mm -hmm. digital requirements. How do we trust an AI, you know, would you trust an AI to Build your house. I mean, where you, what is the legal implication? You know, implications of letting me doing the structure calculation. You still,
0: you still have to have it checked by somebody. But um, you can, as it's as, as long as it's been programmed correctly. And we all, well, everyone's using BIM and Revit and um, and solid modeling tools to model uh, very you know life life um, engineering, which is essential. We do rely on software a lot, and um, I think um, I, it's difficult. But the reality is, is that you still will have to go and get it signed off by somebody. And uh, the thing is that it shouldn't be that difficult. The whole, you know, the, the whole one of the whole kind of fallacies of BIM is that there'd be this one single model, and it turns out that is not the case. And in fact, it was a really stupid idea to start with because why would you stick all this data in one big file, in that, a piece of software that can't handle all that data, which yeah. then takes hours or collapses under the pressure. Yeah, and but then, we know
2: where they come from, right? And where the data
0: from. <laughs> And then structural engineers will create their own BIM model because they don't trust the architects. And the MEP engineers, they'll do a bit of both. And then you've got the construction BIM and then there's the, the VIZ uh, generate. Everything kind of is a mess anyway. And we thought we'd have a, coherent data solution and i kind of wonder even now moving forward with things looking at things like Autodesk's former which is a very interesting computer science approach i think and i'm very looking forward to seeing what they can do but if you have this giant data lake with all your data in it um how does it work with the way that trust i don't trust you structural engineer structural engineer doesn't trust me architect a uh, construction person needs completely different things in their BIM anyway. So how does that work in the kind of future? It's it, it, nothing set in stone, but the thing that I'm very confident of is AI likes recipes. And we have to start looking at buildings as recipes and the kind of people who will be um, not in this uh, game will be the signature architects. It'll just mean more Rhino because there's no way that the AI will be able to really understand what it is that Zaha's planning to do, or, or mm, mm. it's the kind of crazy geometry stuff. There are other tools that might come in for that, but I think that they will be relatively unaffected in those kind of futuristic, um, you know, risk, risk, high risk buildings. But I think the, the problem going to come in the meat and potatoes of the architecture world and the construction world. Um, but I don't quite know how they're going to join up because they don't join up already. Um, and so, having an AI do it all for you does seem uh, quite incredible. And maybe that, maybe that's the farthest, the flaw in it is that it won't be the perfect structural engineer, MEP engineer, architect, uh, uh, pl- planning um, document creator. Who knows? There's quite a lot of different aspects to it. But um, I, I think when it comes to AI, what I have uh, experienced and what I've seen,
3: you know, from this image generation, also and, uh, and text generation, it's it's remarkably, incredibly mediocre. So that is the issue with, with the generative part and the creative part. It is fantastically mediocre. It is, you know, it is by essence, it is taking, you know, other works and it's trying to synthesize and averaging out something mediocre. So that, that that's where always I think humans will be uh, needed is to go above that mediocrity to really develop something incredible. But I would also um, raise another question here: um, that uh, when I when talking to engineers, you know, structural engineers who, who take responsibility mm. for whether or not a building will collapse or a bridge will collapse, uh, you know, where people could get yeah. hurt or killed, um, they in, in in these fields, they're already talking that you know the the young students, the young engineers, they're trusting too much the software. So there, you know, in know, schools you have to go through, you have to do all these calculations by hand to understand them, and they still basically check and do all the calculations on on their current projects as well, just to check that you know everything is 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 coming out correctly. Yeah. Uh, but even with the software that is not AI enabled, uh, there's already a lot of automation, and it's you know really easy, like you know, uh, let's just trust the software. So 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 really, my question is, can we? if we apply also AI uh, now also to engineering, and it looks really nice, uh, are we, and it, and it gets really complex, are we able to trust it? Uh, this can we... a,
2: exactly, this is what I was saying, you know, earlier, is how can we use our, you know, and and you know and background and experience and knowledge, you know, into the AI, it's impossible, because you know, yes, we have, do have design manuals and yes, we can teach the AI, we can digest the design manual they took it most of us, 15 years to learn and still need to double check every few minutes. Um, but then it will always, you know, where, where is our knowledge, our understanding, our sixth sense when we're doing things now, this does not sound right. That comes from the knowledge, from the experience, from the years and years and years doing the job. But and it and is the reason it. why, but it is the reason why, we, you know, the big projects get awarded to the most knowledgeable people with a lot of experience and, you know, evidence of delivering that work. So how can we trust, you know, right. and to do that?
0: There's something that, you know, it's not, it's, it's a, uh, the industry's faced trouble before from design build and all okay. these tools are yeah. giving design builders, oh my God, the best Christmas presents ever And the industry is going to be competing against people who, if they own the project, they have the team that designs the project. They own the supply chain for the project. You're going to be seeing a lot of these things being the risk. Architects don't really like taking on that level of risk unless you're in the kind of high echelons of signature architects. So it's going to be the developers that are running with it. And you just look at TestFit and TestFit's doing really, really well in the developers world. And I just look at that and go, oh my God, this architecture sucks. It's it's like lots of rectangles and it's like lots of parking spaces. And it's it's like my kind of hell. It's not European architecture, but it's what what's what happened, it's what happened, it's what's happening in the States. And obviously, condo suites are, are are obviously important, but um, it just wouldn't happen here. That's why they haven't come over. But that thing is giving the developers what they need to know, which is price and uh, get, mm. giving them a guarantee mm. of, of the money side of things, and then they'll go and sign off on that. And if they know they can produce the designs in an hour and mm. um, they, they get all the documents ready for planning permission, um, then they're going to go down that route and architects are going to be cut out. But there are other mm. firms I'm talking to who, who uh, I won't mention their names, but they've already got design teams where well, there's only one architect on big projects. And that this this one architect essentially designs the facade, the volumes and the spaces, make sure it meets the brief. And then everyone else in the project is an engineer because the thing that's important is how that building is fabricated and how they actually put it together. And that is kind of also a kind of a scary thing because that's happening within multidisciplinary architectural practices. So this is going, to, you know, the, the market's going to change and people need to be as have as many varied skills as possible to be ready to, to kind of like flip from what they're doing currently, it might change. It might not exist anymore to, you know, being the overviewer of it, or maybe it's something on the sidelines, a separate, um, a, side shift, a shift sideways. Um, it's not just AI, it's developers. It, it, it kind of changes the, the playing field in my Mm
1: -hmm. view yeah yeah my 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 understanding is that instead of just having a technological uh change or breakthrough we will see uh new business uh models also uh emerge from this but what would you say to to companies who are now um trying to understand what's going on and maybe do something what what would Mm -hmm. what would you would you suggest to architects engineers and and contractors do, do about AI right now?
0: You've got a choice. You either learn what's gonna happen and see what's coming down the line, or you end up reacting. And I would sooner be the person who knows what's coming down the line. So I'm organizing Next Dev and uh, Next Build and Next Dev, a quick plug, but I'm I'm deep into Next Dev. And Next Dev is is uh, about, what well, how this industry needs to change because We have have old software that's been written to work in a certain workflow which we have kind of decided is is holding us back, and there are loads of people who want to get rid of parts of it. But as part of the day, I've I've got um, Addy from Swap, I've got uh, Francesco from uh, um, Augmenta, I've got uh, Altaf from uh, Snaptrude, I've got uh, Anthony from Hyper. I've got uh, Paul from Arcol all in one room, one day. I've got Finch3D, hopefully coming, waiting for the Pam to get back to me. But so you can come to this event and see these things back to back and then talk to the people about what it is that this means to to you. And I think that um, most of these, most of the software is actually in beta and alpha. It's not, and Conic as well, I've got Conic. Um, There's a whole load of players who are developing. What I'm saying is BIM 2.0, the next generation. And um, you've got to come and you've got to see the stuff, either download it, bring them up, try and listen to what they've got to say, because um, these are the people who are going to be acquired by an Autodesk or a Bentley or, a, and you're going to see this in, in commercially developed uh, in the future. They're not, you know, Addy um, getting another $10 million today. Um, you know, the, there's a whole lot of interest in Swap. I mean, that's that whole process of going from six months to 40 minutes um, Martin, if, if I would just summarize your discussion, is just try it. So, just, you know, <laughs>
3: well, you look at it, it, but also... This is the problem, you can't
0: it. try it. It's not okay, out but, yet.
3: Okay, but that's also an issue here, because whenever we talk about AI, and there was this really nice graph I saw uh, somewhere, uh, I think it's from Fundamental, was that, you know, you had this big ball about who's talking about AI, and you had this really tiny circle who's actually doing something with AI. So uh, uh, is it the same situation right now in our industry that we see?
0: Yeah, there's a it's a problem. Talk, it's such there's
3: a... a lot of, you know, you can plug, Chat GPT into most anything. You know? That's and most not sure really, AI...
0: that is AI, but it's not it's not gonna change the world. Mm. It's mm. changing the input. Test fit is not AI, it's ver- it's a solver for multivariable um, problems. Yeah, it looks like AI because it's so bloody clever. You see the results of it, you think, my God, it did all that, that's amazing. Anything that seems like magic, I am saying is AI, because it's, it, it's not it's not actually AI, but it, it just happens to be so utterly impressive. And I think that um, uh, unfortunately, the, the good stuff that I'm seeing isn't available yet. It's it's probably I think um, I think maybe Swap is available, but they're only taking on very very specific projects from very uh, from certain companies that are doing the things they focused on. I don't think there are many European firms working with them, but I got inundated when I ran that article on Swap by people, design IT directors are saying to me, we need to speak to them. My board wants us to speak to them. And so that's 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 the first reaction I've ever had where people are demanding to be introduced to uh, mm-hmm. a company because the, the promise, the promise of what they're offering is so amazing. And then Marty Rosemanith. Who, ex Autodesk, um, he was in charge of architectural desktop. God love him. Then he went joined Revit. Then he they got bought by Autodesk. Now he's doing something very similar to Swap, but he's not using AI. He's using procedural methods and graph and graph databases, and that's a that's that could be a, another kind of successful approach. Um, so he's also Marty's coming to the show as well. Oh, I keep forgetting. But um, these are. These, these technologies are really, um, they're very formative. They're in alpha, beta, and they're going to be out in the next one or two years. Yeah. And Hi.
1: Enrique, I, sorry, Enrique, I, I interviewed uh, architectures, uh, Juan Bordalo Ruiz, uh, a couple of weeks ago. You, you may know them.
4: No, I don't know them personally. But I read the I read the interview. They are the products, they are in yeah. Malaga.
1: <laughs> no, serious.
4: This is where <laughs> I'm from, as well.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, that was also amazing. What what they showed me uh, designing a, I don't know if you, Martin would call it a, a um, good architecture, but uh, anyway, the really fast modeling and using rules and and AI, and it was fantastic. Um, so. Um, was it rectilinear? Was it? Yeah, 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 yeah. But but you can tweak it a little bit. But uh, basically, it's looked like most of the architecture residential apartments that we see in Finland look like that. But
0: <laughs> well, I, but uh, there's nothing wrong with rectilinear. It's it's a it's a it's a very effective and, and uh, cost per, cost uh, beneficial shape. But the, the, yeah. the other thing I wanted to say was that I talked to so I was talking to a. a a BIM company, I won't say who, and we were. I was talking about how fast AI was coming and how scary it was. I was literally seeing somebody, another thing that's not yet is stealth mode. You draw rectangles, you press a button, and out comes a fully one-to-one scaled um, modular um, building, and you can change it to steel or wood or whatever, and all the, all the production drawings come out of it. I'm saying, this is scary stuff. And the guy goes, yeah, it's coming really, really fast. And then I was talking about, you know, the the people who are complaining about BIM at the moment are mainly the signature architects, the large architectural firms that are finding that they're kind of paying a lot of money for something that's just standing still. And he said, I said, just go out to them and just with a a clean pad and just say, what is it you want? Because they're not going to buy your product because they see it's the same as the other one. And he said, well, we're not, we're a volume player. We can't do that because we need to sell volume and and the top architectural firms 25% or less aren't really worth that. And I was like, rewind that conversation to like three paragraphs before I said, AI is coming really quickly. In 10 years time, if swap does what it says on the tin, how many copies of BIM BIM as we know it today, are these software companies gonna be selling? Because it's gonna be one instance on the cloud that spits out the stuff, you might need one copy to make some changes to it. You're not going to see this kind of like loads and loads of people with loads and loads of modelling tools, modelling away and doing drawings. It's going to be a No, How are they going to get their money? And they've got shareholders, and their shareholders shareholders are going to expect the same kind of returns they've been getting, you know, for the last 20 years or more. So Mm. I think there's there is also some myopic view in the software industry that something's coming that will actually make them have to change their business model. And it could be, it could be like an asteroid coming to their sales. If, if you, I I like the idea because Mm -hmm. I'd like to shake up the market, but I think, um, you know, I do hope for some stability, I think, but just for the sake of my magazine, but it's just like the reality is that there is um, there. It's not just a game changer for the architects or the construction guys or for the structural engineers. It's also for the software companies and it's for where the data goes and who you work with and how you work with them. Um, It's not- Yeah, but Christina, you're about to say something. Well,
2: I just would like to comment in the sense that I have a completely different experience than Martin. Uh, So I would like to challenge that because I'm on the other end of um, writing the business cases and talking to executive boards on why their PI insurance is time 10 with the new business model, because it isn't tested, because they're using technology, but because they're selling data insights. Because it's not what they used to do. Because they're turning into a technology company, and they're no longer at, this, at um, an architectural firms. And you know, I'm not sharing because obviously it's uh, you know one of my customers. But I can tell you this: most of the time I fail. And most of the time I fail to sell to the to the board on why. And the, the challenge is not because the technology is not available. I completely agree with you, Mark. There are billions of technology available, and It's so bad that they're not actually looking at what is coming next and what the competition is going to adopt very soon. However, we know that we are a risk adverse industry, and when you start thinking to all, you know, and talking to all of these, uh, you know, uh, boards or directors that have to sign off the project, that need to sign off this new business model, they need to. I can tell you this: they always say no when we want to implement something like this. Okay, what's the business case? In my case, you you know, what are you kind
0: of signing off? what what things you well
2: the the challenge is the justification on w- whatever it's every, you know every technology implication needs the business justification on why you want to spend the money why that is better than the other why that is saving money where do you know how hard it is to build all those business cases do you know how challenging it is to change from what they've known and they've been running the business for the last 20 30 years it's hard i completely agree with you in the sense that they they are gonna miss out because the competition, one of their competitors is gonna do it, and they're not. What I'm saying to you is, you know, we what, want to just challenge it? It's very hard. It's very hard to pass legal because it's it's hard. It's hard to write these new, you know, digital deliveries in any of these architecture, to, to, to turn an architecture firms into technology company. It's a different business model. They start, mm. you know, in a moment they start selling these data insights. They need to start, you know, they start suddenly having issues they never had. Okay, what's well, the service level agreement? When I'm going to have access, well, my data is stored. Yeah. You know how challenging that is for an architectural firm? It's hard.
0: Digital deliverables oh. are another thing which are a complete bloody mess. And uh, yeah. it's become, uh, so I'm mainly talking to the larger architecture firms here, but it's become such a significant cost to them to produce these digital deliverables. and. From yeah, from what they've told me, they feel that owners have gone to some professor somewhere to say, write me a document for digital
2: deliverables.
0: They get this kind of esoteric, non-realistic. Yes. Which set completely, of
2: completely They then create 300
0: pages demand. And yes. so I've talked and then it's, it's utterly ridiculous because what happens is this is another problem I've got with the whole BIM industry is that. We've we, we, I I'm great, great, Nancy,
3: we can tackle the whole BIM industry, all the problems here. Let's uh, well, it's just the
0: it's it's to do with um I see people arguing all the time about uh, um how they structure their data. And we've got all these standards about how you structure their data, but even though we've got standards, we still can't structure our data well so everyone starts arguing with each other about what they should do in one excel spreadsheet and when the rfqs and what yeah what should be we where the reality is that i think 99 percent of the time the digital deliverables that get delivered and never updated rarely if ever looked at stuck in a drawer so completely oh, agree
2: it's a tick box but unfortunately it's them, tick tick is also when i'm why you know, who is on my side trying to write these business cases, you know how many times so yes, but we have failed, you know, we failed there, you know, I didn't understand. It's like what we developed and what we've been trying to do with all of this, you know, bringing digital technology for the last, you know, 10 years has not really succeeded in many cases. And because it's not succeeded, it's giving us a really hard time to get the momentum that we need to bring this new amazing new AI technology that is coming to market, that we know is all coming. And then, yes, I completely agree with you. One of them finally will get it right. At the same time, one of the also, the challenges that we have is that we know we are at risk adverse, we know our procurement model, will it ever change? yes i don't know i'm always hopeful they may be in the nordics and you know estonia and you know Finland. Mm-hmm. And the, you yeah, yeah. do things you know in like a government level on a completely different level than <laughs> as thousands you know yeah. europeans yeah. and but you know as you know i spent over 15 years in the uk and you know in the uk is Yes, maybe the procurement model will change there, but the rest of the world is never going to change. Everyone is always going to start delivering the little bits. So who, yeah. how are we going to join the dots? How are we really going to leverage the eye on a very, very long time?
0: Firms firms really need to be adopting BIM and trying to get the benefit for themselves. But many people have adopted BIM because they they are late to the game and they are have literally doing it so that they can say we do BIM, but they're actually using it. More like they they used AutoCAD or 3D AutoCAD or I mean I've been to um practices that have got the kite mark and when they were modeling a multi-story building instead of modeling a multi-story building they modeled every floor in the workspace separately the only person who had a full model of that block was the guy in the viz department who had to piece it all together from the Revit models he was given and you just think oh this is just this is crushing but there are really good users and there are really bad users. And I think that uh, the risk averse nature of practices is one of, the, one of the major things that we need to try and um, uh, educate people to step out, step out of yeah. the box. Yeah. It's yeah. not
2: down to people. I was at UK Construction Week last week and mm-hmm. on a round table, with CEOB talking about, you know, the challenge to implementing Bing. We've been saying about these challenges, and they are the same. You know, we've been repeating them. <laughs> Even ChatGPT yeah. Ch- learned yeah. what they are. We still to them. why. Yeah, I've been because I've been in the people. industry
1: since yeah, I've been in the industry since the early 1980s. So I I have I know that every change takes at least ten years. <laughs> but you think I'm, afraid our, no? I, I'm afraid our oh. I'm afraid our time is up now because okay. uh, I know you have something else to do. But <laughs> Really interesting discussion, I must say, and, and this is a fantastic start for our new series. And uh, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing you in the next episode.
2: I think I have the perfect closing for this episode. Okay, um, go ahead. Which is, um, I use it on my opening speech at the Digital Twin Conference um, uh, in Dubai uh, a few months ago. And I think it just summarized very well. Um, so is AI the answer to all our prayers? I decided to put it to the test. I asked ChatGPT to write today's opening speech. It was fast, but heartless, lacking a fundamental element. It had no soul. Without okay. a doubt, AI can help us to uncover insights we were not previously aware of. But without the souls of us, the passionate global leaders in the digitally enabled built environment, the results will be powerless and heartless. Thank you. Thanks for listening.
0: Subscribe to this podcast and visit aec-business.com, the award-winning blog for more news and stories.